Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me today is a very special co-host, none other than former guest of the show, Mike Charette. Mike, how's it going? What up, what up, what up? It's going <sighs> great. Yes. It's going great. Yes. Dude, uh, I gotta ask, do you have a nickname? Hmm. Um... People just call me Mike C. Okay. Like that's I like my full that. name. <laughs> Mike C. How about MC? MC. Ooh. I've never heard what? I've never I've not gotten I get MC very rarely. Some, okay. and then my family calls me Mikey. Okay. Mikey. I like Mikey. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a fan mm. of Mikey. My my okay. dad does that for everybody's name in our family. He just, you know, adds a Y to it. I'm Benny. My <laughs> brother's Maddie. So, you know, that's a fact. Uh, that, that, we're going to, we, we need to get, I feel like all, anybody that's co hosted the show, I have a specialized, like, nickname for them. So okay. I need, I need a Mike nickname. I'm Mikey, MC. They're all in the running. We're going to find one, though. We'll okay. get one. Whatever uh, feels natural. Yes. So true. Yeah. Mike, I, I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, but I was thinking last night, there's a chance, since you're the co-host, there's a chance our regular listeners, they may recognize you on the street. There's, uh, you know, there's a chance, it's it's less than a chance of being like struck by lightning or winning the lottery, but we need to account for that chance. We need to prepare you, just in case, you know, one of our regular listeners comes up to you, you are Doc G knowledgeable. That's a fact. You know? Mm. So... So I've decided that we should do a quiz. I should make you more knowledgeable on the Doc G Show. We're going to do a Doc G Show quiz. So by the end, you will have all the knowledge of this show. Okay. Are you Are you ready? Let's do it. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Okay. Now, listeners, you can play along. If you beat Mike, um, you are better at wasting time than he is so good for you good for you uh now here we go so question one we're going to start off with how long the show's been going the first doc g show episode aired on what date hmm. a march 3rd 1945 jeez b april 2nd 1989 c september 2nd or september 22nd 2016 or D, June second, twenty nineteen. I'm gonna say June twenty second, twenty sixteen. Sep- September twenty second. Yes. September. Yes. Sorry, September twenty second. Correct. Correct. Yes. Almost, almost five years ago. Jeez. Five years wow. ago, we've been doing the show, and uh, I'll give you, I'll give you the inside scoop, Mike. We were horrible. So true. It was Aww. pretty bad. I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> Is it really didn't know what I was doing back then? Uh, still don't, but I've come to terms with it, so it's a little bit better now. I'm there I'm okay go. with it. Acceptance. Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say 1989. By the way, I was going through it in my mind, <laughs> but it 1989 to me still only feels like 
20 years ago. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. I don't know. It, it's weird how that happens, right? On the show 20 years ago. Me and, me and my brother talk about that a lot, how you just sort of like you forget how, like, as you get older, things seem shorter. And, yeah. And me, me and my brother would be like, yeah, when that song come out? Like, it was like last year? And somebody would be like... No, that's 2016. Oh, hmm. oh, so five years, a little bit more. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's two years ago. It's close. It's close. Um, okay, next question. We've been known here at the Doc G Show to lure some listeners off of Instagram. Not often, Word. but occasionally, people will go off their social media and come to our show. Now, what do you think? The most popular post on our Instagram is of all time. Here's the choices. A, the first time I ate 500 grams of broccoli as fast as I could. That was in 2019. Mm. And uh, it took me 23 minutes. It was, a, it was a, a feat. That was when we had Matt Stoney on the show, professional eater. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and he can eat. He ate 20 pounds of pumpkin pie in eight minutes. Not an exaggeration. Oh, it's so insane. Good. Insane. B, a post with the band Town Mountain talking about Tyler Childers and the weird looks he gives on stage. Hmm. C, a post when I interviewed Phil Collin from Def Leppard and how good he is at eating hot peppers. Or D, the second time... I ate 500 grams of broccoli as fast as I could in 2021, beating my first record by almost a minute and 30 seconds. Hmm. I'm going to go with A. Eating broccoli the first time would be my guess. Close. If not, I would say C. No? C, right. C, C uh, the Phil Collin, or D, the second yeah. time I ate uh Broccoli. Yeah, I was going to go with C, the Phil Collin interview, but now I think it's D. There you go. There you go. There it is. <laughs> it's the second time, which I don't have. I mean, man, people like to see me eat vegetation. I don't know. I guess they're worried about fiber consumption. I don't know. But that, for some reason, people, that is by <laughs> far the most popular wow. post. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually been thinking... I may try to do it with spinach coming up. Spinach yeah, would be could, easier on my jaw. Yeah. It would, it's uh, the broccoli, I'm going to be honest, it, it really, you have to eat soup like a couple days after that because you can't move your jaw with as much chewing. I yeah. didn't even think about that. I was thinking, I asked, like, what are the repercussions for eating that much broccoli? Well, and, there's uh, also a lot of toilet repercussions. Ew. There's, mm. uh, it's not the best. Yes. It's not the As best. With, yeah, most greens. Yeah, you eat too mm. much of the greens. But, get... like I said, the, the colon is clean. Thank you, there listeners. You Thank you, mm. listeners. Okay, uh, <laughs> next question. What musical guest is the only guest who's done the show three times? Mm. A three-peater here. We've got... A, Carbon Leaf, B, Andy Frasco, C, Jamestown Revival, or D, Mike Friend? Totally guessing on this, but since you already mentioned Jamestown Revival, I believe, I'm going to go with C. Mm, they just repeated the show, but they've only done it twice. Only done it twice. Ah. Andy, 
Andy Frasco. Andy is uh, he's a good friend of uh, good friend of the show. He co-hosted the show back in February. Like he he co-hosted the show right before the pandemic started. Yes! He stopped by mm. the studio, did the show. We talked about COVID uh, coronavirus, and we were like, uh, I remember asking him, I was like, how much does this concern you on a scale of one to ten? And he was like, eh like a seven and then after i remember like a month after that i was like it should have been a 10 for both of us it been more of like <laughs> yeah. a or at least a nine but uh yeah. andy has his own show now it's more popular than ours Girl, and uh, gnaws away at me like cancer but besides that you know good for him good for him yeah. and hey, andy's a definitely. fun loving guy every all the listeners know he's an awesome dude he's also a uh, Lakers fanatic, just so true. Uh, I mean, and you know, you got to give it to him because he's been through the thick and thin when they were horrible, yeah. when like their best mm. player was Nick Van Exel, uh, all the championships. Like he's he's been there. So that's you know. awesome. Good for him because there were yeah. a lot of thin thin areas. There were some thin <laughs> times, some thin times for, for him. the Lakers. Uh, okay, which guest at the end of their interview? told me that their music was on Pornhub and I didn't even notice they said it. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. A, Them Evils, B, Grandson, C, Fat Tony, or D, Susto? Hmm. Again, totally guessing. I'm going to go with C just because C is usually my multiple choice guess. And it, and it served you well. Correct. Fat Tony. Nice. <laughs> Fat Tony is correct. He told me that we could find him on Pornhub. And I don't know what I was doing, but I wasn't listening. Because I was just like, all right, Pornhub sounds good. Cool. And then I, right. <laughs> I went back and was listening to the interview and was like, oh, I don't know if that was a joke or not. And I went and I, cu <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't find him on uh, Pornhub. So I'm guessing oh, it was really? a joke. Couldn't find uh, him. It was a little bit of a downer. But I yeah. was thinking he would have like more views on, or like more <laughs> listens to his songs on there than he would on any other platform. Which would be for upsetting for him too. And you'd be like, yeah. why? Why do people watching porn want to hear my music? This is weird. Upsetting, but also a way you just dial it in. You get real. <laughs> you, then now you just make porn become Pornhub famous. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, okay. As listeners know, we have a segment called Birthday Suit, yeah. which I give the co-host clues about a person whose birthday it is that day, and the co-host has to guess who the person is. Which co-host has the best record at guessing? The birthday suit wear. Hmm. We've got four past co-hosts. Dave Berlin, A. B, Justin Evangelista, a.k.a. The Virgin Bat. C, Eric Cirillo. Or D, Papa Bones Parlor. Jake Parlor. Who's, hmm. Who is hmm. the best at birthday suit wearing? I'm going to go with B. Just because B that guy sounds like he knows something. He, he's fantastic. And... You're correct. And wow. he was the guy that suggested you come on the show. There you ah, go. There this. you go. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Virgin Bat, Justin Evangelista. He saw you opening uh, for Joe Kim and uh, was like, that guy's funny. You should have him on the show. Ah, I was like, done, Justin. Done. Uh, Crazy shows. He knows his popular culture, that Justin. He does. He's, yeah. he's got like, I don't know. 
he's like rocking like an 80% correct rate in birthday suit. It's insane. He knows wow. like, and he pulls out people that I'm like, what? How did you? And I, it, it's it's impressive. It's impressive. But uh, okay. That last name, it just tells me he's got some kind of hold on the universe that we don't really understand or have he words does. for. He does. <laughs> and now and now he's becoming a physical therapist. That's what he's doing. He's in his nice. he's going into his third year of physical therapy school. Ah, good for him. Shout out to the Virgin Bat. Shout out. Um, Okay, second to last question about the show. Who was the special guest for the 200th episode? Hmm. Uh, A, Moon Taxi. uh, B, Def Leppard. C, Jordan Davis. Or D, Collective Soul. Hmm. I'm going to go with Collective Soul. I don't know why. They were fantastic, but no, they came before the 200th episode. Ah, hey, Moon, that's really cool that you had those guys, though. They were fantastic. Uh, uh, and it was really cool because their drummer, I'd actually, like, I, I got this drum set when I was a kid, and the videos that came with the drum set were, was their drummer. Like, he was doing uh, the lessons on there. So I was like, oh, my God, it's the oh, dude so I learned cool. drums from. You're dope. So true. Um, but it was Moon Taxi. Moon Taxi was 200th episode. Uh, we had Tommy Putnam of the band on. He's the the bass player. His dog, fun fact, named after Derrick Henry. Hmm. Yeah, he's it was they're in Tennessee. They're in Nashville. So that's uh, okay. and David Letterman snubbed him for a normal handshake when he was on the Late Show. They played the Late really? Show in like 2014. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, listeners go back watch it on YouTube he turns it's one of those I don't think he meant to snub him it was like he got up there in between the band and he was like hey hey and he was like giving everybody handshakes uh, and, I, yeah. and I think in his head he looked at Tommy and was like I've already given him a handshake so like he halfway held out his hand and was like nah and then went back and was like alright guys we'll see you later that was the end of the oh, show no. and it's like oh sorry Tommy you know so, what though the best, uh, the best rebuttal for that—I don't think that's the word—but is uh, I started doing this thing where if I try to high five somebody and they don't see my high five, I high five mm-hmm. myself. I see that all the time in basketball. Oh yeah, so I started yeah. doing that. <laughs> Just it's, shake it's your a, own hand. It's a good one, man. That always goes highlight on ESPN whenever the basketball <laughs> yeah, so players funny. don't get it. They're like, "All right, no, fine, I'll do it." There, there high we go. Myself. Uh, okay, last question: Who was the guest? On October 18, 2017, who had the greatest throwback Orlando Magic jersey collection ever wow. and went on oh, to co-host man. on July 14, 2021. Who was that guy? Me. That is you. Correct. Mike Charette. Thank you. Correct. Yes. Yeah, this is me. I appreciate the compliment on the throwback charges. I was like, before you asked the question, I was like, all right, I don't know who this guy is, but I need to look into it. Who is it? (laughs) They got better jerseys than I do. Come on now. Uh, Mike, are you ready to fire this thing up? I'm ready. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero and lift. 
Blast off. And I'm wearing my Toon Squad jersey right now. Oh, nice. Space Jam. Nice. Well, we have a fan. Uh, yeah, no, no LeBron James, obviously. What? Not yet. New, new Space Jam. I don't know. They it looks like they actually did a pretty good job. Like I'm a I'm a we'll hater see. on most things. They LeBron, have a lot to live up to. Come exactly. on, OG Space Jam. That's a fact. Exactly. Uh, we've got a fantastic show today. We've got Sure Sure, yes! great band out of L.A. Uh, they been making some great music really picking up steam on spotify so true we're gonna talk uh as we do we're gonna talk food pandemic tours new music we're gonna get into it all but before we get to them of course we got to start where we start birthday suit happy birthday mr president all right uh mike this is like i said uh before we came on the air i'm pretty confident for you on this one um this one uh i think most people can get now you on occasion watch ufc am i correct on special occasions i watch ufc yes. okay special occasions then you've got it i'm uh, I, now you can stop me at any point just yell it out okay. if you know the person if you need all the clues completely fine but here we go Born on July 14th, 1988, in Dublin, Ireland. Growing Connor up, McGregor. He, Connor McGregor is correct. <laughs> That's why I said you can stop me at any time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Connor McGregor turning 33. 33. Wow. With a broken leg. Jeez. Well, a broken. That was. I, those are gross, man. I. Brutal. I I mean, yikes! I, I, I did not. Did you watch the fight? Did you actually watch it anywhere? No, I didn't. I had yeah. a, um, I had a show. Oh, well, that's it. a little bit more see, important. That's, I saw the memes. I saw it, the memes, which was all I needed to see. <laughs> I woke up ESPN and it was just like, oh, gross! Yikes! Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I don't know. You think he's actually going to come back? You think he's actually? Um, gonna I. I read that he's going to be out. It's going to be a six-month uh, break for him. It's yeah. another six-month break for him, I guess. And that's uh, like the second time he's had to do that. And yeah. it's, I guess it's like not, it's kind of annoying because, you know, you can't train yeah. or do anything. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's 33, too. It's, he's not up there like, he's not up there like Anderson Silva was like when he was old. But then 33 yeah. for, for MMA, he's pretty old. And it's, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, and comedian. It's pretty like young. MMA. Yeah, it's pretty old. Brand new. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. Uh, happy birthday, Connor. Um, I hope your leg's doing better, man. That's uh, that's a downer. Uh, Dustin Poirier, congratulations, but it's not your birthday, so forget yeah. you. Um, Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Yes. It's now time for rip from the headlines. Okay. All right. Uh, Mike, you ever go uh, ATV riding four-wheeling? No. I mm -hmm. used to back when I was a kid. We used, My dad had a friend who had a bunch of four-wheelers mm. and three-wheelers, by the way, which were illegal. Even dangerous. Uh -huh. Even more dangerous. Yeah. 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 Uh, had a great had a great time, but haven't been <laughs> recently. Well, they're 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 useful. They're fun, but as I said, they are dangerous. And uh, mm. Frank Reynolds, 
found this out this past week. Frank's a uh, he's a rancher in Gillette, Wyoming, hmm. and uh, he was rounding up some cattle on a neighbor's pasture when the ATV tipped over on him and pinned him on the ground. Uh, and Frank was trapped there for two days. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. Two days. And uh, Frank's friends and family didn't really realize that he wasn't where he was supposed to be until like 14 hours after it happened. And they were like, hey, isn't Frank usually here? He is usually here. Should we send a search search party for him? Yeah, let's do that. So they sent a search party for him. And uh, eventually they found Frank Tuesday morning. And when he was sent to the hospital, he's supposed to be—he's uh, supposed to be fine. He's recovering now. But this is what wow. I really keyed in on on the story. Apparently, Frank survived because he had a cooler of bottled water and Keystone Light beers. Hmm. Oh man! <laughs> and so he, for two days, switched between Keystone Light and bottled water. For two days to survive under the ATV. Wow. Yeah. Which, first, let me say, Keystone Light needs to do, like, a dramatic reenactment of this situation for a commercial. (laughs) Like, that would be a fantastic commercial for them. And at the end, like, it just needs to be, like, Keystone Light. If it had been Coors Light, he'd be dead right now. You know? (laughs) Like, this would be fantastic. Second... I know this things may be different in Wyoming, but like, why did Frank need those beers rounding up cattle? Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's something that you need. Like, it seems like I mean a double-edged sword. The bruise may have saved your life, but at the same time, could have been the reason why you tipped it over. Don't Very know. true. How many of those keystones did he have before the wrangling? You gotta <laughs> gotta wonder a little bit on Frank's decision. But Frank, glad you're better. Glad you're recovering. Hope you're back to kicking back brews and rounding up cattle soon. Um, you need a DUI for that, right? Let's I think so. Four wheeler. I don't. I, I don't know. Get it on a bike. I feel like Wyoming, though. You know, they seem like a state that'd be like whatever. Yeah. That doesn't seem like one that would do it. Uh, the cops just watching you. California, you're definitely getting that happening. That's for sure. Oh yeah, uh, going to prison. That's a fact. <laughs> now, I don't know uh, how much you've been experiencing it there in uh, Las Vegas, but there's there's been a bit of a you know heat wave going on in the West, Mike. Oh yeah, yeah. You has it been getting hitting triple digits most days? Uh, yeah, every day. It's wow. 100 degrees, like over 100 degrees. Even at night, it's like about 100 degrees. Wow. Um, I was trying to describe actually to my sister, because my sister, obviously, she still lives in Florida. Right, And right. she's never experienced dry heat. And I was trying to explain dry heat versus humidity. Yeah. And I was just telling her, I was like, it's so hot. Like, my eyes are hot. Yeah. Like, my eyeball is hot. And it's... I don't even think that eyeballs have sensory receptors, <laughs> but it's, it's... hot. It's weird that dry heat. It's 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 it's. I mean, it's like you said. It's very intense. It it's, literally is like when you open your oven, when you open your oven to put your frozen pizza. Yeah, in, that's yeah. what the dry heat feels that's, like when you yes. just open your door. That's a the, yeah. The good description. Yes. 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 Um, well, meteorologists thought that Death Valley was going to break their hottest temperature ever. 
which was mm. the hottest temperature ever recorded on Earth. They thought, they predicted that it was going to be 134, uh, and it actually didn't end up breaking the record, but they did match it. They matched the hottest wow. temperature ever recorded on Earth, which was 130 degrees. Yeah. 130. Um, now, obviously, like, this is extremely worrying uh, because of climate change uh, and how we need to, you know, change what we're doing. So true. But at the same time, it didn't, it didn't surprise me too much that it was, you know, matched in Death Valley. I mean, mm. you know. They did name it Death Valley for a reason. Like, yeah, yeah, I would have been a little bit more blown away if I looked at the newspaper and it was like, records. Cool valley. Yeah, record set temp in Pleasant with a Mild Breeze Valley. What? Not, <laughs> not with a mild breeze. Like, it's, it's Death Valley. Like, that's all I think about in Death Valley is hot <laughs> temperatures. Like, there's just, a place in Death Valley literally called the Furnace. It's mm. like a little town. It's like a little town within Death Valley called the Furnace. People actually live there. Uh, yeah, they got a post office. Yeah, there's like wow. a setup. Yeah, and there was actually like I think some people passed away in a church like back in the day. There's like a, a story just, about that. But it just doesn't still, seem. Uh, yeah, I I don't see how you end up in Furnace. Like <laughs> how do, how does how does somebody like sell you on that? Like yeah, it's a house. It's in furnace. Well, it is oh. a beautiful area. I mean, if you can survive <laughs> the temperatures, like it literally is this little oasis in mm -hmm. the middle of nowhere. It mm -hmm. just gets really hot. It's just it's it's really it's just nice. a, a furnace of an oasis. Yeah, it's, it's just like just deadly. Real. Okay, all right. Well, anybody looking for a new place to live, check out Furnace. <laughs> Mike recommends it. Um, Rents like forty five dollars a month. It's very very hot. Uh, Mike, I'm sure you're aware the Olympics are coming up. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They're starting just in a in a week and a half in Tokyo. Wow. I actually did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Coming a up week soon. And a half. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. There's been a lot of hubbub, you know, because uh, of COVID. Um, Tokyo's getting a lot of pushback from the rest of the world. Uh, you know, obviously, because it's still dangerous, and uh, mm -hmm. they're like, maybe you shouldn't have the Olympics. So true. And uh, just about a week ago, Japan said, nope, still having the Olympics, but spectators won't be allowed. Mm. So they, they cut out the spectators, and um, they're still doing it. And uh, mm -hmm. last week, they were doing the torch run ceremony, you know, going through Japan, and the torch was being run through Mido City. And while the torch was passing through, a 53-year-old Japanese woman ran out and shouted, Olympic opposition! Stop the Olympics! Hmm. And she started shooting her water gun. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. At least it was a water gun. <laughs> That's surprising. <laughs> she was carrying a Tanari splash water gun. And apparently, mm. her plan was to stop the Olympics by extinguishing the Olympic torch. Word. Yeah. I mean, sounds foolproof. I don't <laughs> understand why that didn't work. I, like, I, I don't know if she knows or not, but even if she puts out the flame, they're still going to have the Olympics. Like, mm -hmm. she could have been successful on that one, and they would have been like, all right, so somebody get another torch, or 
Okay. All right. Like <laughs> I and like it's it just made me laugh thinking that she was sitting there thinking that the Olympics would die like a werewolf being hit by a silver bullet. Like she's like, Okay. That's a fact. If I get rid of this flame, that's it. The Olympics crumble, all the stadiums fall to the ground, we're good. Like just, they just a bit much there. And I don't know if she looked into this or if you knew this. But the flame, it's gaslit. There's a whole little yeah. deal underneath there. They've got like this uh -huh. whole like torch system. I was like, that's pretty cool. I was wondering if you could like adjust it yourself. If you're the torch guy, if like if you're carrying it and you really want to just blow people away, like you mm, crank it up yeah. to a giant giant flame they're like whoa it's <laughs> just a flame sword exactly <laughs> people are like man that guy's got the special touch it's really he's got it going but i don't know but anyways I would like to see i would like to see what the flame torches have how they've been innovated over time like you know i've seen i saw recently a diagram of all the different spacesuits that we've used over yeah. time and how they've like evolved mm -hmm. i would like to see what the torch technology has been how that's evolved uh, over time. <laughs> I'm guessing yeah, a lot since the first, like the first Olympics were, the first modern Olympics were 1896, mm -hmm. I think. Somewhere right before the yeah. turn of the century was the... They just had an actual torch back then. It was just like, like I a mean, wooden... You would think. I mean, in or, or else they had way too much technology going into the torch making back then. Mm. Uh, Mike, let's... let's um, I'm trying to decide. I've got several stories. We're coming up against a break. I don't know which one I want to go. I'll give you the choice. Uh, okay. Do you want to go with the high-speed chase story, the red carpet in story, or the stuck on the interstate story? Hmm. Hmm. Um, let's go with the red carpet in story. Yes. Are always yes. I was tales. hoping you would say that. <laughs> yes. So I think we can get something out on the air right now. We can both agree nothing good happens at a red carpet inn. There's no. no offense to red carpet inn, and they're not a sponsor to the show, so I'm not too worried. Uh, but you're not a classy establishment. Nope. Um, sorry. This next sorry. story is more evidence of that. So. A dude in Cambria County, Pennsylvania. I've never been to Cambria County. Seems nice. Uh, he was sitting there Monday night when he got a text message from a lady. Now, it doesn't say how he knew this lady or if he did know this lady at all. It just says he got a text message. And he got a text message that told him to go down to the Red Carpet Inn for some sex and $450 in cash. Word. Now... Not a bad deal. <laughs> I'm going to stop the story right there and say to everyone listening, they should immediately be suspicious of this quote unquote lady because there's not a lady in the country right now that would make this offer unless the man she was contacting is David Beckham. Like that's <laughs> and and this was this was not David Beckham. Nope. And no offense to the lady, uh, but he's. David Beckham's probably had some better offers than $450 in Red Carpet Inn. Oh, in. for sure. At um, least 1000 Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, second, did anybody see David Beckham at, Win at Wimbledon? Did you, Mike? Did you see him? Mm -mm. Oh, man. No. Stone Cold Stunner, that guy. Yeah. Just, 
He came just dressed to the. He looked like James Bond mixed with like Zac Efron. Like he just ah, had this beautiful. It's like a cream colored suit and then like a blue uh, dress shirt underneath with a dapper tie and he was just all styled and I was like, man, man, such sexy swagger. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's going to look great. Even at like, for the rest of his life, he is going to be a yeah. handsome man. Yes, exactly. Anyways. No age. I got sidetracked. Oh. The dude was not David Beckham, <laughs> is the take-home message. Not David yeah. Beckham. And it turns out, the lady uh, wasn't a lady. Oh. Um, because the dude showed up to the red carpet inn looking for $450 in sex. And a man named Jesse Lamer popped out of the corner uh, with an AR-15 and shoved it in the dude's face. Jeez. So, you know, that's a... Uh, is he okay? A, I mean, did he die? He's good. No, no, no. No, he's good. Oh. Don't worry. Uh, but it's a bummer for him because you got to guess at that time he realized the $450 was off the table. Oh, oh no. man. Downer. Uh, but... I love in the story, in the actual story, it says Jesse Palmer pointed the gun at the man. And then in the article, it just says the man left the hotel room and called the police. And I was like, wait, what? How did that happen? How hmm. did how did he just be like, you know what? Nah, I'll see you later. Mm -hmm. And the guy with the <laughs> AR-15 was like, oh, God, he called my bluff. Okay. Ah. Dang. Like, I don't know how it happened, but apparently he just left. And called the police, and the man was eventually uh, arrested. But uh, mm. I've got to say, there's so many holes in this news story. Like, I was left hanging so many ways. Like, first of all, how did he just walk out of the room? Second of all, mm. was Jesse posing as a girl this dude knew or didn't know? Was he, like, texting him as a guy or a lady that Jesse, uh, the, the, the dude knew or that was just some random lady texting this guy like who who is this lady that he was posing as like come yeah. on third was know. jesse secretly hoping that david beckham would come to the door because i would <laughs> i don't know but i'm just saying the point is mike i need to follow up for this story i'm yeah. going to follow up next week get more details yeah. on the red carpet in uh I don't know what you would call this. Uh, yeah, they're missing about like 30, 30 minutes of that story and lots of important uh, plot points. Yeah. Maybe he was reverse catfish. Maybe the guy that showed up was not the person that he mm. thought he was going to be. Oh. It was, a, it was a, a catfish, reverse catfish. It was a switcheroo. That's, that's interesting. I didn't He's think like, about that Oh, you that are way. so ugly. Yeah. I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> It's just got to be horrible just being just existing the way that's, you are. That's da that's a downer if that was actually the case. For that's a real downer for both of them in that case. Yes. Oh man. Well, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest, none other than Sure Sure. This is their acoustic version of their huge single "Warm Animal" right here on the Doc G Show. Yeah, I hope 
bet you feel the same way How much should I be reading into really permanent I hope that there's such an answer Yeah, I hope that there's such an answer Here on the Doc A G A Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. You just heard Sure Assure. They're going to be coming up on the show here in about 15 minutes or so. Oh, sure. Uh, listeners, if you haven't done it, do yourself a favor. Subscribe to the podcast. Yes! Really help us out. It'd be fantastic if you did that. You can do it on all kinds of of platforms you can do it on verbal you can do it in on tune in you can do it on soundcloud you can do it on apple you can do it on all the others that i don't remember any one of those you can subscribe and you will make my day and you'll get the pleasure of listening at least this week to the world famous mike charetta's co-host so true that's what you'll do yes that's what you'll do you'll get to do that that's so it's it's worth it right benefit. it's worth the ticket yeah very well. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Mike, I need to give shout outs to the regulars, uh, to the regular listeners, all the cities around the country and the world that listen to the Doc G show. So I usually do this in one breath. I try to get it out there fast because nobody wants to hear me just giving cities out for 
hours. So here we go. Okay. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Gainesville, Florida, Radford, Virginia, Orlando, Florida, Ashburn, Virginia, San Diego, California, Boardman, Oregon, Columbus, Georgia, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Dublin, Ireland, Barcelona, Spain, Katy, Texas, Peoria, Illinois, Winfield, West Virginia, Richardson, Texas, Anoka, uh, (laughs) Anoka, Minnesota, Genoa, Italy. I got tripped up there on Anoka, Minnesota. There we go. Mm. Those are our regulars, Mike. Any any places stand out to you there? Anoka, Minnesota. I don't know. That's that place just sounds cool. Anoka. It's, it's right outside of Minneapolis. Right outside of Minneapolis. Uh, I, I guess you know. I'm guessing if they if somebody asks them where they're from, they probably say Minneapolis. Be my guess. Yeah. Be my guess. Everybody does. You it know, like that. Yeah. The biggest city. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know. Anyways, those are our regular listeners. Okay, here were the random listeners, the uh, semi-regular listeners, as we call them, for this week. Shout out to Norcross, Georgia, Wilmington, Delaware, Hernando, Florida, Chicago, Illinois, Bowie, Maryland, Queens, New York, Boston, Massachusetts, Wald Lake, Michigan, Birmingham, Alabama, Erlington, uh, Kentucky, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Spring Hill, Tennessee, Waynesboro, Virginia, and Austin, Texas. Shout out. There we go. Nice. Semi-regulars. Semi-regulars. Nice. Uh, we get... Uh, is, I, I'm still looking... The other week, two weeks ago, I told uh, our co-host there, Claude, that uh, we we missed having every single state listen by three. Girl, come on! Three states cut us off. Uh, or four states, sorry. Four states did not listen. We had 46 states listen. We were missing Wyoming, South Dakota, North Dakota, and New Hampshire. They ruined it for us. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Surprised about the New Hampshire, not surprised about Wyoming and the Dakotas. <laughs> they you know? They're a little sparse and they don't seem like the yeah. podcast crowd. But you no. know, I mean Idaho did it. Come on. If Idaho's in the game, yeah. get in the game. Idaho's pretty civilized. I don't know. <laughs> they they know what they're doing over there in Idaho. They got the potatoes. Uh, Boise seems nice. <laughs> Boise seems nice. It's yeah. uh, you know, yeah. but uh I just Wyoming's not for me. I have I had a friend move out to Wyoming, and she was like bragging about the snow that she got in like September. Mm. And I was like, uh, tell me that in like April when it's still there. Yeah. And uh, no, she was still excited about it in April. And I was like, you're insane. No, thank you. Pass. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Pass. a couple years. Talk to me in a couple years. Let's see how you feel about exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah. anyways, we didn't have any Wyoming listeners again, so we don't have to worry about that. Come on, Wyoming. Do Girl, better. Come on. come on, guys. What uh, are you doing? Mike, let's talk a little NBA here, because you're you're an NBA fan. Um, let's. You're a Magic fan. Now, yes. they ended up with the third worst record in the league. I don't, you know, I'm not I'm not rubbing it in. Uh, that's just what happened. So, surprisingly, they didn't make it to the finals. Nope. Uh, so, right. who are you cheering for in the finals? Are you a Phoenix person or a Milwaukee person for these, these finals? Um, wow. I think I'm going for just... Chris Paul, like I'm, I'm cheering for Chris Paul. So I guess I'm cheering for the Suns, and I'm cheering for Chris Paul because he hasn't gotten a ring yet. Mm-hmm. He's been in the NBA for a long time, mm-hmm. and you know he's been on so many good teams. And he's, 
you you don't hear too many bad things about the guy. I mean, like just j- as a human being, like you know, he's cool. He's funny in the car commercials. Uh, oh yeah. So I I hope he gets a ring. I'm kind of rooting for uh, Phoenix. I like it. It's it's a toss up between for me because like I'm with I'm with you. I love Chris Paul, yes! but I'm not a huge fan of Booker. Nope. He's sort of he, eh, eh. Like I don't know something about it. I'm just like eh. Hmm. But then I like I like Giannis, but I don't like much of the other people on the other on on the Bucks. Like Connington. Yeah. Eh. Eh. He's not really Middleton. He's okay. I'll, Middleton's cool too. He's all right. But yeah. like, I don't know. It's one what of about those. Brooke Lopez. What? Do you, how do you feel about Brooke Lopez? He may. I, I'm sure you've seen that meme where he's cross-legged on the uh, on the sidelines. Have you seen that one? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, there. No. So they caught him because he, like, for some reason, he's a he's just a weirdo and he sits there cross-legged most of the time. And they have they have so many memes of him sitting there cross-legged <laughs> on the on the uh, sidelines. But like he, like, I'll I'm give surprised it. Surprised a guy that big can sit cross-legged. Yeah, like, I mean, impressive. seven feet tall. It's yeah, it's impressive. Massive. But like, I I don't know, like. He's one of those guys that sort of, if he's on your team, you love. If he's not, you hate him. Like that's yeah, that's Brooke Lopez. And like, since it's not my team, like, like they're just sort of a neutral team. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I he annoys yeah. me sometimes. He annoys me sometimes. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, who would you we'll rather see. hear commentating the game, Jeff Van Gundy or Doris Burke? I love Doris Burke. Yes, yes. Doris Burke is awesome. We have a sticker of Doris in the studio. We do. We have a yeah. Doris Burke sticker because she's awesome. She yeah, is. she's great. I she's, she's awesome on podcasts too. I don't know if you've had a chance yeah, oh to yeah. listen to her. Oh yeah. Uh, man, mm-hmm. awesome. Trying to get awesome. her on the show, haven't been able to, but I'm gonna get, we're gonna keep trying for Doris. Oh, keep she'll, trying. she'll do it. I think she's like the type of person, like as long as you could just get in her. Your, her wavelength, yeah. I think she would definitely say yes. Okay, okay. She's Mike's putting the, the wavelength. Mike's putting the vibes out there. It's gonna happen oh, for sure. I'm excited. Yeah. I can't wait for Doris to come on the show. Uh, so far, ESPN has been kind enough to grace us with Ryan Clark. That's who, and Ryan was That's fantastic. Cool. Oh yeah, shout out to Ryan. He was shout he out. was a fantastic uh, uh, guest. Um, as a longtime Orlando fan, Mike. Um, who has been pretty bad for the last decade? Does it annoy you to see the Suns Arena filled with like eighteen thousand fans who definitely weren't there two years ago at Suns games? Nope. When they were horrible, does it does it annoy you to see those bandwagon fans? Um, no, not really. Just because I'm a bandwagon bandwagon fan when it comes to just like most sports in general, like football or whatever. I, actually, gotcha. I don't really bandwagon. I'm not really on that, but like. Yeah, just I guess when your team's winning, your team's winning, but uh, it's uh So you're not one of those I, you you gotta be in or else I hate you sort of deal. Yeah, yeah no, I'm not yeah, there's like gatekeeper fans. Um, good. Yeah, just like, you know, hey, they're they're having a good run right now. They get a good team, so people wanna, you know, cheer them on, but watching the the bad games are also fun too, you know, or yeah. like, or basically watching the magic. <laughs> watching <laughs> the magic is okay because your team's losing. You have very low expectations when you go to the game, when you watch the game. So when they do well, it's like, wow, this is great. They're doing well. You know, they're playing, you know, really good basketball. But um, that's true. That's true. But that's so true. I'm not going to be surprised if the magic, you know, 
advance really far, you know, at, at some point. And, uh, you know, just a bunch of people come out of the woodwork to watch games like, oh, you guys, you know. But You're like, next year, is. I don't know, maybe the year after. Who knows? We'll see. Who we'll knows? see. Uh, I don't know. Now, okay, those, here's a food question for you. The Phoenix Suns at the Talking Stick Resort Arena offer the Nightmare Dog, mm. which uh, is a 12-inch all-beef super dog with jack mm. cheese sauce, sauerkraut, sweet relish, jalapenos, onion, and tomato. That's their Nightmare oh, Dog. that sounds amazing. Jeez. Now, would you rather have that or... At the Milwaukee Arena, they have a pulled pork sandwich and a fully toasted roll with melted Swiss cheese, fried onion rings, and Carolina Gold barbecue sauce. Whose concessions mm. are you going for? Which one? I would go for the Super Dog at freaking nice. Phoenix Suns Arena. Yeah, the dog Huge fan, fan of huh? pulled pork. Yeah, okay. I mean, just like the yeah, when hot dogs are like dressed up. With the especially jalapenos and yeah. like just all the ingredients, yeah, you just can't beat it. I mean, I don't know. I love pulled pork, but I don't know if the Milwaukee's me. doing it good enough. You know, I mean, if yeah. this if this were like in if this were in Memphis, okay, Memphis, okay. If yeah. Memphis Grizzlies, yeah, makes it to the finals, and there's this exact same food question. Just without a doubt, it would it would definitely going to be Memphis. I don't oh. even need to hear what the other team's mm. serving. Mm. Okay, <laughs> last NBA question. Who's winning? Do you think the, the Suns are going to pull it out? Mm. Um, I think so. I mean, they're pretty much injury-free, and the Bucks are also injury-free. Um, and the Bucks just, I think... I've like so bad this year. I've been vague. I've been sort of keeping up with the finals. I haven't watched a game yet. I need to watch a game. But uh, yeah, I think that's a two-one, right? Two-one. Uh, Bucks. Two-one tonight yeah. is the next game there. Yeah, I'm watching the game tonight. I'm watching okay. the game tonight. Okay, I got nothing going on. There it um, is. So I think Phoenix. I'm gonna go with Phoenix because I'm rooting for Chris Paul, and uh, I think they're a really good team. But Giannis is insane. He's he's uh, crazy. He's a different I, human being. I still love Sometimes. watching. I still love just like watching the progression of his muscles over the last. Yeah. Like, cause like now he's just ripped. He's just and like you never see that with guys that are that skinny. Usually it's nah. the it's the Kevin Durant model of just I'm gonna stay yeah. Gumby for the rest of my career. Like, and yeah. Giannis came in looking like Gumby, and now he's just a Hulk. He's just got big yeah, old, like, just ripped. Is so true. He recovered from a hyperextension and uh, hyperextended a knee mm -hmm. and in, like, nine days. Like, what kind of recovery? It's insane. Anyway. He's pretty young, though, right? He's still, like, 23, 22. No, he's not that young. I think, uh, okay. I don't know. Now, now I'm now I'm curious. Now I gotta now I gotta look real quick. What is it? Let's see here. Uh, and you say Giannis, I say Giannis. It's probably Giannis because I think that's like his actual. I I, for some I, reason, I, I hear both. Giannis. I hear both. It's yeah. fine. Twenty six. He's twenty six. He's twenty six. Wow. Yeah. He's wow. he's reaching the peak, man. He's reaching the peak. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Here we go. Second birthday suit. Are you ready, Mike? Let's do it. Okay. This one. How are you on football? How are you on football players? Knowledgeable? Mm, 
somewhat. Okay. But yeah, not currently. Okay. So, well, this is a retired player now. So we'll see. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna. I'm guessing ninety percent. I'm giving you ninety percent ability to get this one. All right. Uh, born Thank on you. July fourteenth, nineteen eighty-five. Our birthday suit wearer grew up loving football. He ended up playing at Aliquippa High School, where he became the Pennsylvania Player of the Year. He decided to accept a scholarship to the University of Pittsburgh. In college, he played cornerback and was Big East first team two years in a row. And his junior year had the ESPN College Football Play of the Year. Hmm. Our birthday suit wearer went into the 2007 draft uh, to the New York Jets, who selected him 14th overall. He played with the Jets until 2012. Then Tampa Bay, one season. Then the New England Patriots for a season. And then the Jets again for two more seasons and played one year with the Chiefs to end his career where he retired. He ended being a seven-time pro bowler and a Super Bowl champion there with the New England Patriots. He ended with 497 tackles, 140 uh, uh, pass deflections, 29 receptions. He's considered by many to be one of the best cornerbacks of all time. It was said that he had his own island. Hmm. Name that birthday Hmm. suit wearer. You got me, Doc. I have no idea. Mm. I I thought the island might give it to you. Have you ever heard of Revis Island? Revis Island. No. Darrell Revis. Mm. Darrell Revis. Yes. There you go. Darrell was one of the. I don't know. You know, I mean, I was going off of a couple of sources that said best cornerback of all time. It's like, yeah, it might be a stretch. That might be a much. Hmm. But he's definitely pretty fantastic. Definitely pretty fantastic. Yeah. Turn in the big 3 6. 3 6 for Darrell. So. Nice. Pretty. I mean, it's a good age, right? Yeah, it's a good age. Uh, you know, but uh, I mean, I, I guess since he, you know, he, he, not everybody can be Tom Brady. Um, you know, but I guess you yeah. got to retire fairly early when you're cornerback. You got to move fast with the cornerback in the NFL, right? Like, isn't the career like average career like four years oh, or something yeah. in the NFL? Well, especially like, it's really short, especially your specialty positions. You know, your your running back, your wide receiver. Those guys are out super yeah. fast. Cornerbacks fairly fast too so you know three uh the playing until what was that 2017 playing until he was that'd be 31 eh, that's pretty long yeah that's pretty long yeah that's very true yeah all right happy birthday Darrell. Yeah. shout out to shout you out. enjoy uh whatever it is you're doing in retirement i haven't heard much out of Darrell. the island you know <laughs> enjoy the exactly island. enjoy your island man we are going to take a break i don't know seems like a lot of work to me doc an island seems like a lot of work it's a lot of ke- upkeep a lot of upkeep. Yeah. You know, you got to, yeah. I mean, depending on how big your island is and where yeah. it's at. I mean, if you're in the in the Caribbean, you're getting a lot of hurricanes these days. Yikes. No, thank mm. you. I don't want to yeah. barter that island. But anyways, anyways, yeah. we're going to take a break. We will be right back with Chris and Kevin of Sure Assure right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker.
95.5 Spinnaker Radio WSKRLPFM UNF Jacksonville Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are super happy to have half of Sure Sure, Kevin and Chris. Guys, how's it going? Good, Good. man. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, uh, you can I, just call us Sure. <laughs> that works. Half. I like it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> so, now, I think very important news, at least very important news for me, probably the most important thing to come out of the Sure Sure house. Chris, your cat had kittens. Ah, uh, yes. Fantastic. Have all the kittens found homes? Um, we are We're actually still in the process of finding people to take them. We had uh, one offer fell through, um, but also I've just been enjoying raising them myself, <laughs> kind of, and it, it's, been, it's been hard for me to, to kind of separate with them and give them up. Understandable. Um, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of cats. I would have a hard time. And, and you know, I don't want to be biased on here, but you you basically got my two favorite cats, tabby cats and black cats. Yes! Those are, I love right. bo- both of those. Guys. I find it's my hypothesis that black cats have had to evolve to be the nicest cat because everybody thinks they're bad luck. Hmm. So they're very friendly right. as a, as a evolution trait. And, and they just always, it always fits. Whenever I meet a black cat, they're like the nicest cat ever. So, yeah. well, if, if, yeah. if you need, Chris, I can, I can drive across the country and take one up. I will happily <laughs> take one back from Jacksonville if you need. You just let me know. And we will have, wow, really? We will have a sure, sure cat here in the studio. <laughs> I will do it. I've, listen, yes! Take note, listeners. That's right. Now, along with the kittens, you guys... Uh, you guys have lived in the same house for a good while. I mean, before the pandemic, uh, was, was it any harder during the pandemic to, to live together or was it about the same? Like since you guys had less opportunity to leave the house, did it get any tougher? Oh man. Okay. If I could, if I could, Ben, I'm so sorry. If I could go back to the cats for one more second, is that all right? Oh, sure. I just want to tell you the story of. Chris and I were recording. Mm-hmm. We were making a song, and we turned around, and his cat was giving birth. We didn't. <laughs> he knew she was pregnant. Yeah, but we didn't. We didn't know exactly how pregnant she was. And Chris, when when she took the cat in because it was a straight cat, didn't know yeah. she was pregnant. So we're mid session. We're like editing some vocals. Uh-huh. I turn around. It's ve- it's very clear that. Coda, the name of the cat is Coda. Yeah. Coda is having some traction on Chris's couch. <laughs> and so Chris Chris snaps into action and is starting to like create a space for her to give birth and I'm Googling how to what? midwife cat birth. <laughs> like but how can you know, how does this work? And so we learned we learned a lot that day about Man. ourselves about cat birth. Yeah, I, I feel like I'd freak out if that were my cat. I, I don't think I've ever gone through cat pregnancy. That's that's wild, man. Now it, it's uh it's pretty uh it's actually pretty hardcore 
how the way they like th- th- this is maybe too much information, but <laughs> they sever the umbil- umbilical cord. Yeah, uh, with their you know with their teeth. Man, and it's pretty metal. Yeah, pretty metal to watch, honestly. Just like humans. <laughs> Just like humans. <laughs> Just yeah. bite right in there. Ew. Man, that's yeah. wild. Do you remember what song it was that you were working on? <laughs> I do remember. It's a new song. Okay, so, so in the in the new album, are you going to put that in the liner notes? <laughs> yeah, I say that. yeah. Actually, I hadn't even considered it. Yeah. And funnily enough, the name of the track. You know how when you're making a song, you call it something internally. Yeah. Just so that internally we reference it as something that almost always doesn't. You know, like yeah. we'll probably change the name later. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, this one was called Computer Cat. Nice. I think Chris started it while I, I want to say like Coda was just would just walk on his laptop indiscriminately. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't, Still does. wasn't getting the attention. Had to come over. It makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Well, I mean, obviously, the cats have probably helped out with home life. But aside from the the cats, how how is how did living change in the pandemic? Did it change any, or were you guys like, yeah, normal, normal everything? So it was. I mean, God, it went. We went through so many phases. At first, <laughs> mostly sheer panic, like everyone was. You know, yeah, panicking. First of all, we were on tour. Yeah, we were on tour with Coin. We drove across to your neck of the woods. We were in Florida. Yeah, and we played precisely one show on that tour. Nice. And then everything shut down. It was like Italy closed its borders. The NBA shut down, and we were like, "Uh oh, this is very real." Yeah. Um, let's drive back across the country. We get home and. In the beginning, we we were, I mean, maybe it was, a, this is just now like retrospectively me put, making sense of things, but we had the idea to do the home home tour and that was like, you know, March of 2020 or whatever, like yeah. April 2020, so early in the pandemic. And so we were really ambitious. I mean, we, we were doing that like a show a night in our house. We we're figuring out this live stream thing and we didn't, we had never done anything like that. And I, I think it was new to just most people in general. For sure. And we were watching lots of movies together and <laughs> it was just like ultra domesticated life, you know? Yeah. Um, we were cooking lots of dinners together and then, and then it just, it did, it definitely wore on us. Yeah. And uh, it was just hard and we needed, uh, I, I don't know, not for, not even for any internal reasons, but like it was just like, okay, maybe we shouldn't all live together and work together all the time. And so since then, Chris and I have our own places, and yeah, we're we we don't live in that in that big old house anymore. And mm. I think it's better for everyone's a lot happier because of that. It, it definitely a lot more time was spent, no doubt. Uh, in oh my god! I mean, were you going? I mean, we weren't going anywhere. I was like afraid to go for a walk at a certain point in the pandemic. Well, I've I've realized now, and I, I've told a couple people this. I've realized now that I have literally like forgot how to talk to people in person. Like I yeah. now obviously yeah. I, I do it all the time for our show online and everything yeah. like that, but all of a sudden we had meetings and I was in person and like 
It was literally like I was stoned. I had this inner monologue in my head that was just like, "What are you, what are you doing right now? Are you leaning forward? Are they looking at you because you're leaning? Lean back. Look normal. No, no, you're leaning back too much. Get and like, and I just had this like panic attack in my head that I'm like, and yeah. I, and I had to leave the room. Like, what is going on right now? So, so funny. You know, it's... Bo body language. Yeah. Uh, it, we all had to brush up on our reading body language. Yeah, yeah. it's it's definitely yeah. uh, a thing with the pandemic. And uh, yeah, I didn't... I was the opposite of you guys. There was no one in my house. So I had a year oh, of just no one. So now when I see people, I'm like, whoa, people, what do I do? Oh, I don't know. I, I just want to. I just want to tell you, you're doing great. Oh, thank right you. Now you're talking to, you're talking to two people right now, and you're you're killing it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I was having a little panic in the inner monologue, and now I feel good. Confidence, confidence. Uh, well, like now, one of the things about the house is the is the uh, landline still a thing? Do you guys still get the yes, calls? So it is. It is. So I, I haven't checked it recently, but what we did a while ago, because before that house, that we lived in a different house, you know, we were yeah. renting another place. Yeah. Like down the street or whatever. So it, it dawned on us like, oh, crap. Like when we move, <laughs> we're going to lose this number. Yeah. So well before then, we were like, let's, let's, um, I can't even remember how exactly we worked it out then but basically i made it a google voice number mm. that also connected to the landline but that way i could always have it online you yeah. know like it, it could always like be stored online yeah nice yeah. Now, now who uh historically answers the phone the most might have been charlie yeah it might have been charlie i i also answered it a lot i i enjoyed I enjoyed like making dinner, the phone's ringing, and it's like, all right, let's, let's just see, uh, let's see what happens here. Especially in the pandemic, it's like, all right, I mean, what else am I doing? Let's, yeah. Let's talk to someone. Did you get more calls? Would you say it increased or stayed the same during the pandemic? It, it was a steady, I would say it like, it tracked with our listeners. The, the more of a fan base we had, the more calls we started to get because it was right there in our Spotify bio. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, now I heard you guys talk about it a while back, and you were you were saying how, uh, speaking of anxiety, a lot of the the callers seem to have anxiety. Do they still have like are are they worried when when they call? Are they nervous that they're talking to the band? <laughs> oh, oh, like anxiety because like oh no, oh so we're they're talking to famous people whose music we listen. Yeah, to. I would say that most of the time people are just like you know curious who are these guys come on <laughs> no, no 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 i i i think yeah i think sometimes people psych themselves out and they they do that thing that you were experiencing where they're like oh god am i stoned like how do i talk to this yeah. person yeah. i'm nervous but most of the time it feels like a talking to a friend or a peer nice nice yeah good Good. I'm glad. I'm glad they've they've got their talking feet under them. That's good. Solid. Nice. <laughs> now you mentioned you played one show with with Coin. Yeah. You got one show under your belt. Now, right before that, I actually saw that you uh, played the M3 
FS there in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you actually got to play. Uh, we recently had him on the show, former guest friends, Mob Rich on the show. Shout out to Max and Connor. You guys had, oh, yeah. had them right before you, actually. Now, do you guys know each other, or was that the first time you met the guys in Mob? Or did you even get to meet them? Yeah, we, we hung out with those guys. Uh yeah, kind of, kind of before and after we played, they were really chill. Very nice. Yes, I think that was the first time we had met them. Yes, yeah, yeah some, some, some transplants to the Los Angeles area. There, those guys. Where are they from? Uh, originally, let's see. Um, Max is from Indiana, and Connor is from okay. Georgia originally. So, okay. yeah, and cool. then they both ended up in in L.A., and that's where they sort of formed. Now, speaking of which. Um, let's see, you guys, Kevin, you're the only actual L.A. original, right? I'm the native. Yes. I'm from Laverne, which is, it's, uh, it's like an hour outside of Los Angeles. Okay. L.A. County is gigantic. Yes. So it's still in that circle, but it doesn't, if you were there, you'd be like, uh, Kevin, you don't, you aren't. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sort of have to do that, though, when you're around a big city like that. You just have to, I mean, because yeah. if not, you're just going to be like, I'm from Laverne. They're going to be like, where? And then you're going to de- describe it, and they're going to go, what? I have no idea still. And you're going to go, okay, Los yeah. Angeles. There we go. That's... <laughs> So now I ask this to all my guests, since you are the native, I'll ask you if I come out to Los Angeles and I call you up and I say, Kevin, I've got one night in L.A. Where should I eat? Where are you telling me to eat? Oh, man. Okay. I'm I'm glad I don't have to answer this. Just give give me one second. I, I have a note. I have like a note on my phone of like my favorite restaurant. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, Digging into the files. I uh, like it. Oh, man. Oh, we got some good options here. Wow. Now, uh, if I can remember correctly, I think the last LA guest we had on the show was Tim Atlas. And Tim said Goldberger. Oh, friend. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Tim. Yeah. There we go. Tim gave us Goldberger. Wait, where, where did he tell you to eat? He told us Goldberger. Goldberger. Okay, I've never, I've never even heard of that. Oh wow! It's a. I mean, I I I'll took to a I took a look at the menu. It looks pretty nice. It looks pretty nice. Okay. All right. I'm gonna say that you have to eat at. Uh, I almost want to give you two answers. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say you got to eat at Night and Market. It's Night Thai restaurant. Okay. Yeah. It's a Thai restaurant. I think it's one of the best Thai restaurants in Los Angeles. It's quite spicy. They're not. They're not messing around over there. Nice. Um, my runner-up was. I was going to say that Los Angeles has really great Korean food, and Korea Koreatown is a great place with so many awesome places to eat. And I recently, through my friend Sam, he he picked up lunch the other day from this place called the the Kimbap, K I M B A P, mm. and. I was like, this is this is awesome. This is everything I want. So that's my runner-up. <laughs> nice. And I'll have to come to him and talk about that burger place. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I mean, you know, I always like variety, of course. And uh, Thai and Korean, I don't think I've had Thai and Korean uh, as a option yet from L.A. artists, which is surprising. Like you said, there is a lot of good Korean food yeah. in L.A., so... All right. I think I think it might be the best cuisine we have here. I could be wrong. I, I don't know. I know I know um, I know the Mexican fans will uh get up in arms about yeah, that. That that right, would right. they would not be look, a fan. I'm 
I'm I'm Iranian, and there is so much good Persian food and Armenian food, and generally Middle Eastern food. Nice. In Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, like, actually, let's see. Honey, the band Honey gave us a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we know them too. They yeah. they gave <laughs> us a Mediterranean uh, restaurant. So I, I can't you remember the name. I can't remember it off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of it, but I can't remember it now off the top of my head. Blam. But that was that was their. Well, actually. They gave me, they gave me, <laughs> they gave me a list of like six restaurants. They went down, they they went down a whole uh, laundry list there, and uh, a whole day basically. They they gave me options for breakfast, lunch, dinner, different things. Wow. Yeah, they uh, they got they got pretty excited about it. But well, let me ask you, we, mm. when we when we were touring, we kept a note that was just called places to eat on tour and it was a shared note mm -hmm. and i'm looking at it now and i got like a place or two in every city but you know we never really played florida except for that one show pre-pandemic yeah so we're you're in jacksonville right jacksonville okay what's your we got we got two hours in jacksonville we're gonna grab <laughs> lunch or dinner where where should we go i now i felt bad about this because somebody actually asked me this question a while back and i forgot my sort of best answer like i forgot to give this sort of i guess best answer for jacksonville since it is a you know beach town and there is okay. great seafood there and uh one of the best places we've got is safe harbor yes! uh safe harbor harbor safe harbor yep like in as in safe protected yep safe harbor oh safe, safe yeah 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 and it is uh it's oh it's perfection man they've got such good fresh fish yes! like literally they're right beside the fish boats like literally the fish comes in directly into the restaurant and they they prepare it fresh every single day and uh wow yeah, it's my favorite's the redfish. They kill redfish, man. It is so good. Such good redfish, such wow. good snapper, uh, such good um, sea bass if they have it. Uh, just a lot of a lot of good fresh fish there. All kinds of uh, you know uh, crustaceans, other things like that. Oh man, it is it is killer. And the hush puppies, of course, awesome. Um, <laughs> That's uh, that would be sort of my number one for Jacksonville for you to go to. Another one that's really interesting, uh, Carmine's Pizza. Carmine's Pizza is like a, a unique pizza. I, I don't know. I don't even know. Like it doesn't fit New York style. It doesn't fit Chicago style. It's got this weird thick crust. But man, they have some good creations. They are some good pies. So that would be my that would be my runner up. Those would be the two places I would tell you to hit up. So I want you to know that I'm looking at pictures of this and it's uh, very upsetting to do this interview before lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's uh it's, it's like I said, I like I, Safe Harbor is not, you know, my brother is a huge seafood fan and he lives in in Fort Lauderdale and he gets seafood all the time all the time every like almost every day and i took him to safe harbor and he's like this is some of the best seafood i've ever had so it's uh it's definitely up there on my list as far as uh as far as fish for sure one of the best one of the best well i got this turned into a, a food interview i'm sorry it got really <laughs> got, this has been great got really derailed there a little bit uh let's get back to to music we sort of mentioned it there 
uh, talking about how the band came together and you guys lived together for all that time. But Chris, you and Charlie sort of, I guess, have played the longest. You guys uh, met in college and, and sort of had a band all through college there. Uh, and I noticed like you guys weren't there for music. Charlie was there for English. You you were in computer science. Did do you guys plan on starting a band? Like when you went to college, were you like, I'm gonna have a band? That's the goal, or was it like you know something that just sort of came together? Um, yeah. So I I think subconsciously I always knew I wanted to do music and be in a band. Yeah. Um, although I didn't, I wasn't fully aware of it, and I was exploring, learning about other stuff. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. But I, so I ended up taking this class freshman year called Rock and Rhetoric, mm -hmm. which was a, re a writing class. Mm -hmm. And on the first day, uh, I, Charlie was in that class, and I kind of like saw him from across the room, mm -hmm. and and I was like, wow, this guy's got like a he's got a cool vibe, <laughs> it, or it, it just something something I was drawn to his uh, his vibe. Yeah. And and then like I was like, hey, are you a musician? Afterwards, because you know it was like a rock themed writing class so yeah and and he's like yeah i i play i play music and so that that very first week of freshman year i i went over to charlie's dorm and we just jammed in like the common room nice. and i was like oh wow this guy's a savage guitar player <laughs> like I, I hadn't really like heard anybody that good at guitar until then nice <laughs> like i, I yeah so it was, it was great <laughs> now now um as far as like you guys playing you guys you made a band different than sure sure the the sea people uh oh yeah now uh, now, now you guys you weren't singers though at that time uh we weren't yeah or i mean now did you want to yeah. sing at that time or was it just that you found a good singer so you were like let's go with it or did you not see yourselves as singers i i didn't really see myself as a singer at that time Mm. Um, what about Charlie? I don't think Char Charlie did either. Mm. It, neither of us really did. Um, but you wrote all we, the songs. Yeah, we yeah we were we were the songwriters, and um, I mean I was I did enjoy actually I I was kind of a singer mm -hmm. like I I enjoyed making stuff on my laptop and then just singing to it over like my computer microphone. Yeah, and I never really thought of myself seriously as like a singer yeah at that time i was just doing it for fun but i thought my main role was like keyboard player songwriter like that's what i'm good at yeah um but then later uh, i yeah we, we we had the opportunity to maybe explore singing in college but we didn't do it that much yeah so later i realized that it would be great to like learn this instrument and and be able to perform the songs that I write, and that's a very natural progression. For sure, for, for sure. For me. Now, yeah. Now after after college, I know there were a couple times that Kevin played with you guys uh, before, like actually making the band. How did yeah. you, uh, Kevin? How did you guys get introduced, and then like, and then how did Charlie and Chris decide to come down to L.A. and say, "All right, let's do this thing for real here"? We had. A lot of mutual friends because I was dating someone who went to Stanford mm -hmm. with Chris and Charlie. Yeah. And um, so we didn't meet through that person, but we, we started, you know, there was like this increasing chance of overlapping friend groups. And I think 
I, I want to say that, okay, I, I do remember that one time Chris came down to stay at UCLA and you stayed in my apartment. And, yeah. but we didn't know each other really at the time. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I had, I lived in a place with like six other guys. Yeah. Um, but then what I do remember is I, I think it was Charlie, maybe it was Chris. Someone sent me like just a cold like Facebook message, or, I think. Yeah. Me and, me and Charlie did. We were, pl- we were planning that. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's the best drummer in the world. Had to play it cool. <laughs> Had to. All right. What are we gonna write? No, no, no. That sounds. That sounds too clingy. Don't write that. Just play it cool. Yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't want to be so clingy. I, I, w- I would go up, and those guys had access to a studio at the time, which was that sounded fun to me. I was like, yeah, let's let's record. Yeah. I, so I, I would I would fly up there, and I was working like a tech job at the time. I, I had just graduated college, and I was doing like sales at a tech company mm-hmm. and which was based in San Francisco. So I'd go up there and like work. And then when I wasn't working, we'd be recording and then I would sleep on their couch. <laughs> and, um, I would do that. We would do that semi-regularly. I would like come up for like a week, week and a half. And it'd be awesome. It would be like the best hang ever. Yeah. Um, I loved being there. I also liked their roommates and uh, at the time, Ke- Keon and George, and I don't know, it was just a good, it was a great friend group. And then eventually they, uh, Chris, you might remember this differently, but this is a story I always tell, which is they called me one day and they were like, we're going to move to Los Angeles. And I was like, well, definitely don't do that on my behalf <laughs> because that, that puts way too much pressure on me. And it's, it's, I like wasn't ready to commit to it. I was like, no, don't do that. That sounds scary. And, um, <laughs> they were like, cool, well, we're doing it. And they did it. And I'm very happy that they did it. Uh. Um, because that, and it, That's when we really started going for it. And we were like, I, I was playing like... I, I was just trying to do music as well. I mean, we, we had very similar ambitions, but we were living in different places. I was playing in a million different bands. And because our ambitions aligned, I stopped doing all that other stuff. I was like, all right, these guys are like serious. Yeah. Like me, like if we really want to do this, like I'm trying to, it's so hard. It's so hard to get this sort of thing going, you know? Yeah. Like, it takes a concerted effort by a group of like-minded people and, yeah, I was like, oh, I found my pe- I found my people. You like, just thank you, God, I convinced them to not move down here. Yeah, you just weren't sure if you wanted to jump into that marriage right away. I don't know. <laughs> seems, <laughs> seems like a lot. Uh, now, it was now? Did you always want to play the drums? When did you start playing the drums, Kevin? <laughs> yes, I I I started playing when I was really young. Nice. Someone, some family friend or uncle gave me like a toy drum set, and I. I was my favorite movie at the time was Mission Impossible, and I would, I would just sit there and play the like, yeah, <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, this is the coolest thing in the world. This is, you know, it gives you like goosebumps. You sit down and you do something like that, and you're like, why does this, why, why does this make me feel so good? Yeah. Um. I I then yeah I then played in all the school bands, and that was such a good like. That was such a nurturing environment. Oh yeah, playing like jazz band, and marching band, and drumline, and I just did everything that I could, like every school thing that was available to me. Nice. Um, and then I started playing in, in bands with friends at a, at a young age, and 
I did always want to play drums, yeah. Nice, nice. I wanted Only to... recently have I started playing piano, Chris's instrument. Oh. And that's been, and then I was like, why did I wait so long to learn another instrument? <laughs> <laughs> I I was I was with you. I wanted to learn the drums too. I was just bad at it. So you know that was I I stayed I stayed in school band all all my years as well. And my band director tolerated me. That's we fact. will say <laughs> uh -huh. one one of my favorite. And I've told I know the listeners are like Jesus. He's going to tell this story again. Yeah. But one of my favorite uh, moments in marching band was I had gotten moved up to snare drum because one of our snare drums quit out of nowhere. And I was I was the cymbals guy. You know, I was just walking around with the cymbals head up my ass, you know. And um, they're, they're like, all right, Ben, you got to go to snare. And I was horrible. I practiced none. I was off on everything. And so before our first competition of that season, our band director gathers us up and is like, okay, guys, they're watching the drum line really tight. You guys are like the, the the most important thing. They're judging us all on you and your rhythm. So Ben, that means don't play. I was like, what? That, and they're like, yeah, you're just gonna you're just gonna throw us off. So just act like you're playing. Try to make it look like it's actually the beat. But uh, yeah, don't hit the drum. Oh, That'll man. just make it worse. And I was like, okay, sounds good, guys. So I I acted my. Ass that, that. Was that heartbreaking? Not really. See, that was the thing. It should have been, but it oh, wasn't. <laughs> I was just like, well, like I think because I'd already told myself that everybody on the drum line was so much better than me at that <laughs> at that time that I was just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm pretty horrible. Okay, that sounds good. Like. Now it would be. If I did it now, yes, it would be. But like then I didn't practice rudiments. Nope. I didn't take enough time. I didn't do anything. Nope. I put like 5% effort in yeah. there. So I was just like, yeah, I'm horrible. Okay, sounds good. Nice. All right, let's get this let's get this going, guys. And I'm sure like the judges oh, were really? sitting there like, is that dude even playing? He's just throwing his sticks around in the air like a moron. Uh, take some points off for that team. That's horrible. Anyways, uh, now, Mike Mike was the last piece of the band, and I usually see his title as producer, and sometimes it has multi-instrumentalist, uh, which isn't usually the fourth in a four-piece. Like, how did Mike end up coming into the band and then sort of acquiring this role of just sort of Swiss Army Knife slash producer? So, um, I think Chris and Charlie had uh, we we were playing shows as as a threesome as me chris and charlie yeah and mike's band at the time street joy was was playing with us mm -hmm. I, I think we played some show at the smell which is a venue that no longer exists mm. um r.i.p the smell mm -hmm. i think unless they're still open in which case <laughs> unless i just um, don't know that they're there no, sorry guys yeah in which in which case just like rest in peace like you know like chill out it doesn't mean like you, you don't you know but Mike, so we, we didn't know, um, Mike, first of all, Mike lived in this house that he had like put his studio in where he was recording at the time with that band. Yeah. And we were figuring out, okay, how are we going to make recordings? Yeah. And I had just done a session like in Orange County at my friend's studio and I was like, oh, maybe him. And, but then, um, 
that Chris and Charlie ended up moving into that house. Mm-hmm. So we just we ended up working together all the time, and the recordings were sounding great. Like Mike had this amazing studio there and um, knew how to use the equipment, and he's also a great mix engineer. Yeah. So uh, Chris and Charlie and I were were playing the parts on the on the recordings, mm-hmm. and. You know, because we had grown up playing all this stuff, and then Mike was like the Mike was like the whiz behind the computer and knew how to use his equipment and get these great tones. Yeah, that we didn't uh, we didn't know anything about that stuff yet. Yeah, and so then it was a very collaborative process where we were all in charge of like uh, producing. We were all producing each other. We were all like, you know, taking a a, a stance on like let's let's try to get this kind of tone or whatever and then like knocking our heads together with our various bits of knowledge um yeah and so for a while we didn't like everything was made in the house i mean honestly pretty much every recording you've heard every recording that's out was like made in the house yeah never left the house until in the beginning this wasn't even the case until later we would like send it off to get mastered gotcha um everyone is just really hands-on everyone can like everyone's really savvy at, we use logic yeah to record, so everyone's like okay let me get on there okay let me get on there oh let me try this thing you know yeah what were you gonna say chris oh uh i was gonna say some of the some of the wave files and and tones from yeah. like the very first EP mm-hmm. were recorded at the, the studio in San Francisco, which Kevin used to come up and visit. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. And then, but that's, that's the only instance where we didn't record with the gear in, in the house. We were all living. Yeah. Now in together. Now Mike being sort of the, the producer and coming in that way, did it, did it take a little bit to assimilate? Like as far as like, I guess he's a member of the band. He's doing so much stuff. Like, was it, he started out just like, hey, we're going to record this and you're going to help us record. And then it was like, oh, you know what? Now he's sort of part of this now. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, that's how it went down. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, We, he was helping us record it. And then eventually it was like, well, we all live together. And yeah, you're a part of this. And, um, and then, you know, when we started playing live, we were covering most of the instruments, but but Mike in his previous band was playing bass live. Yeah. So we were like, oh, Mike can be like, Mike can play electric bass live. Yeah. This will cover synth bass. And then I tasked, my, I'm like a big percussion head, and like uh, every recording has like 30 tracks of percussion. <laughs> and I was like, great, Mike, I have like 20 percussion things for you to do on every song. So. <laughs> Passed him with that line. That's how he be, kind of became like the Swiss Army knife guy. Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen him in several pictures rocking that cowbell. I've seen it happen. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, we like I mentioned, and I've already mentioned some of those bands that we had on the show, like Mob Rich and Honey. Uh, and there, there's a lot of bands in LA now, currently yeah. that have uh, '80s inspiration. Like uh, a, com- a common inspiration in a lot of these groups is their their love of like pop and not so much pop, but a, a lot of that you know underground or what you you know sort of counterculture uh, you know eighties uh, music. 
And yeah. I'd, I'd say there's some of that in your music. I mean, especially, I mean, your, your Talking Heads cover being so popular, obviously coming from that time period. Uh, would you say you guys have a lot of inspiration in that time period, or no? Your your inspiration comes from everywhere, all decades. I I think um, I think yeah, it's it's sort of an all decades thing. But I feel like for my development, mm-hmm. um, I I started listening to older and older music. Mm-hmm. The older I got as a person, yeah. So it's so, so I, funny. I, it's the same for me. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Like, uh, I I didn't listen to that stuff growing up as well, except for like Led Zeppelin or whatever. Like, I would <laughs> listen to, you know, really classic horse. Yeah. But, like, the story I tell is that we would go on tour and, like, the younger crowd would sometimes come. Like, when we were opening for Hip Hop Campus and they had, they had a, a younger fan base. But sometimes their parents would also come to the shows, mm. and the parents would always come back, or come up to us, and go like, "And you guys, you guys sound a lot like Steely Dan. Like, has anyone ever told you that?" And yeah, I've never listened to Steely Dan, <laughs> and I don't, I don't think any of us had really listened to Steely Dan. And then I listened to Steely Dan, and I was like, "Well, we kind of sound like Steely Dan." <laughs> <laughs> and then and then later I was like I kind of like Steely Dan <laughs> yeah yeah when I first heard someone say that to us I was like oh, wait isn't that like sort of like an insult because Steely Dan <laughs> yeah. in my uh, mind has yeah. had a cheesy like re- reputation yeah, and then and yeah. now I'm really into it and I like I was so wrong I know, yeah that, th- I like Yacht Rock now that's <laughs> wild did anybody yeah. in the band listen to Steely Dan no 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 one <laughs> No we one like funk, though. To them. And now we're like, oh right, they're like geniuses. Like they were they were they're so good. They they definitely evolved a ton during their uh during their career. I mean, I love I love a lot of I'm I'm all about some yacht rock. So I can get down oh, on yeah. all on, on all yacht rock, definitely. I am a huge as I like to call it, I'm a big '70s pub era guy. I love the big, bombastic '70s sort of soft rock sound. You give me some, you know, America. You give me some James Taylor. You give me some even like yeah. Looking Glass Brandy. I love those those songs. So like you know, and I that's the thing as I hear in some of your music. There's this. There is. There's this, yeah. and I don't hear it as strong as like when you look at a, a Honey or a, a Weathers or one of these other bands. Yeah. They have an extremely strong '80s sound. You hear that Depeche Mode. You hear all of these, and I, I you know, I don't hear that as much in your guys' uh, music. So yeah, when when Chris and I met, it was more like the things we really liked in common. I think were like. We really liked Little Dragon, and we really mm. liked Dirty Projectors. And mm. I, yeah, I was I was more focused on like how does Little Dragon get that sound? Like it's the freshest thing I've ever. It's so I feel like I'm in the I'm listening to this like funky like Swedish future band. <laughs> like I don't I forget if they're Swedish, but I just love them so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you said you work your way back. That happens. That happens a lot with those sounds. Because you know you find yeah you, I worked my way back and now now I'm like yeah now that's like my favorite I don't know I just listen to everything for sure for what now one one of the things that I do really love about you guys along with that sort of you know stylistically 
you guys aren't, at least to me, it seems like you guys aren't afraid really to be Chris, Charlie, Kevin, and Mike. Like, you're perfectly fine being four dudes with four personalities that make music. You're not afraid of being your real selves, or at least you're really fooling me what your real selves are. Have you guys ever, like, have you ever finished a concert or an album and ever worried about, like, your image outside of music? Are you, was, was there any ever like, oh man, what do we look like right now to the people that are li like, is that ever a concern or is it just always about music and you're like, we do what we do outside of that? For me, that's uh, never really been a concern because nice. um, I'm always focusing on, yeah, just making the best possible music. And when I start worrying about that kind of stuff, I just get confused and bogged down and I'd rather just. <laughs> I'd rather just in a genuine, natural manner and, and me just doing something that I like to do rather yeah. than think about appearing a certain way. It's just easier for me. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Sorry, guys. One sec. My publicist is calling me, and I really got to do Kevin on the other um, Yeah, I, I, I'm extremely vain. Um, <laughs> I don't really think about I do feel like I just gonna be myself and be not take myself too seriously and it's fun to like kind of be an augmented version of yourself on stage of course like you want to put on a show yeah you know so you got to do yeah stay slightly bigger movements that make sense in like a yeah yeah or whatever but stage stage yeah. is a little bit different but i mean you know like that's the thing is that it just seems like you guys, I mean, you're not afraid to do things outside of music and, and bring them up and, and, and you know, live, live a normal life and not basically try to take, you know, promotional pictures for everything that you do. You know, like, right. that's, that I think gets a little bit overblown, especially in social media times of people trying to do things like that. And it's enjoyable to see a, a band just be like, you know what, let's make good music and, and then we'll put it out there. That's what we'll do. Uh, yeah. Now, and don't get us wrong. We, we'll take the promotional photos when we have to. And when <laughs> management is like, you have to take promotional photos. Like, yes, you do. Well, you guys, so you guys haven't released like, uh, you know, you haven't released an album uh, since 2019, and I feel like you've probably written a lot over the pandemic. And I heard you guys had essentially finished an album before the pandemic. So, yes, God. What, what, what's the plans on music writing and releasing? I mean, can can folks look forward to a new album coming sometime soon? Yes, I'm not sure. Definitely. I'm not sure about a new album, but folks can look forward to a lot of new music coming very soon very nice um, yeah yeah we have sure how we'll been writing it. A lot. Mm. yeah mm. now was that was that the whole did you guys make i mean obviously you 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 were holding on to some did you make a conscious effort not to release like did you not want to release over the pandemic or did you was that not part of the calculus it wasn't it's not like that was part of the calculus it was a little bit like we were on this tour with Coin. We were going to come back after that, finish a record, put it out, and then do a headline tour. Mm. Um, so it didn't make sense to like put out a record and not. So I guess the the pandemic a little bit, you know. Yeah. Uh, we had, but but also it was just it, there was a while there where we weren't very productive, 
and it was hard to uh, you know when everything was shut down we weren't i don't know we weren't we weren't as productive i i mean we were just having a hard time for and, sure um we've come out of it now and now it's like the you know the vibes are a little sunnier and yeah we can write music again but i don't know it was it was a hard time and i i know it sounds silly saying that given how hard of a time it was for so many people but no, yeah, it, it was. when when you got to be inspired by life and you don't have a lot of life to inspire because you're stuck inside all yeah. the time, it's it's obviously hard to to write new things. Uh, but yeah. now in the in the second half, would you say in the last couple of months though, it's it sort of started speeding up. Oh yeah, nice. Now, go for it, Chris. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I was I ended up. Uh, I, I moved back to stay with my, my folks mm. for a few months there during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like when I moved back to LA, maybe in January or February of this year, mm -hmm. uh, it, it really started. I, I was able to, to record a lot with Kevin and, and things started feeling a lot better. Nice. Nice. Now, yeah. Now I've I've heard in almost every description that you guys have given of how you write music, I've heard a mention of Frisbee. <laughs> in the in the the description do it mention of what a frisbee does frisbee actually play an integral part of songwriting do you guys go through a song and then get stuck and go let's go frisbee uh, it, it really used to like no exaggeration that's exactly what used to happen and not even not even like we're stuck it would just be like we're fired or like cool we worked on that a lot let's go frisbee and we would just <laughs> We would get the first house we rented. We would just go out onto the street and throw the frisbee. Charlie, Chris, and I would throw the frisbee forever. Nice. Until like it was the best. It's like my, my favorite memory is like it's fall. It's the, the you got that low light, low angle light coming in. And, yeah. Uh, Charlie throws me the frisbee, and I don't know that the sidewalk's ending. And then I roll my ankle, and they take me to the hospital. <laughs> Did that happen? Yeah, that happened. Oh man, jeez, that was a that was a bad ankle roll right there. God. Oh man, I, it was like uh, I looked at my ankle and I was like, oh no, it looks like an eggplant. Like I think I'm gonna throw up. Oh Jesus, <laughs> that actually that literally happened to one of my friends just the other week. She was she was dancing at a at a brewery and rolled her ankle and she sent me a picture of it and I sort of wanted to throw up by how bruised and gross it looked. And I was just like, yikes, man. There's something there's something heartening though and life affirming. After after COVID and now the stuff is opening back up, there's something life affirming about a person rolling their ankle at a brewery. <laughs> yes, it, there it, there is. It seems like things have got a little bit more normal a little bit more normal yeah uh yeah i'm lucky that's we're, where at, the, the, we're at stage four of reopening where you're allowed to go out there and roll your ankle out of <laughs> i i i got to, you know i may be horrible at drums but one thing i'm good at is not rolling my ankle that's one <laughs> i am i am very my ankles are very pliable I can just roll them right like I, I played basketball all high school and I could just roll it right over in running shoes while playing and be fine and just keep in. Oh yeah. And that was, you know, it's I mean, it's a horrible superpower, but it's my superpower. So there you go. You're, you're like a rubber rubber man. Yeah. Or, 
you know, yeah, Fantastic I, I, Four. I was about to say, I'm uh, Mr. It, Mr. Fantastic was the one that was really flexible, oh, okay. right? I think. It's, it's I think. not Rubber Man. <laughs> there's actually a there's a Norm McDonald. That was the first time. There's a Norm McDonald stand-up where he, he he does that. Basically, he act he gets four guys acting like they're or four people acting like they're the Fantastic Four, and him introducing his name as Mr. Fantastic, and they're like, should shouldn't it be like Mr. Flexible? He's like, no, it's Mr. Fantastic, and they're like, but that's that's not what you do. You're you're like, how about like Rubber Band Man? No, no, it's Mr. Fantastic. That's my name. So, yeah, so good. Yeah, so I'm, I love I love Norm's uh, bit on the uh, those like celebrity roast that Comedy Central used to do. Yeah, I I love when Norm Macdonald gets up there and like anti roasts everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Norm. Uh, as the listeners know, is one of my favorites of all time. I love Norm. He's and he's he's the guy. I mean, a lot of people don't realize he's the guy that first came up with fake news. I mean, that was his introduction on Saturday Night Live. Every every time he did the weekend update. All right, here here's the fake news. That was his introduction wow. every time. So, I mean, you know, just saying. Uh, well. Wow. Now, along with uh, along with the new music, I haven't seen any any new shows yet. Are you guys in the pro in the process of planning new shows? Or are you still sort of holding off right now? We're figuring it out. We don't we don't have any new shows planned. We do want to get out there again, mm -hmm. but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put out music first, right? And then we're gonna get then we're gonna focus on that other part and get it together and get out there and I, I don't know exactly when we'll get out there again but we'll get out there again nice now, well so far i mean uh it seems like and correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like you're you know at least especially on spotify your numbers have have gained during the pandemic i mean you've you've seen increases in your numbers mm -hmm. it's true nice yeah, yeah. Shout, out, shout out to uh people who are listening <laughs> <laughs> and, and and funky galileo has done uh i mean especially for only being out for a little bit over a year you know you're already at about 10 million streams on it uh really good reception from that new song does that sort of give you guys encouragement to get that new music out there yeah it's, it's so heartening that people like funky galileo too because like it's a weird song it's a crazy arrangement like it's nuts. I love it. I love that people liked it. And um, it's got a good vibe to it. Yeah. It's got a happy vibe it does, to it. it. It does have a happy vibe. Yeah. And it's, um, it actually saw a big uptick once uh, our friend, this guy, we're not, I can't say our friend, though I would like to because he's very cool. But <laughs> Michael Reeves, who has a very hilarious YouTube channel, was like, oh, can I use it? Can I use Funky Galileo in this video? And just his listenership alone. Like, wow. It's, it's so great when things like that happen because he, he's then showing it to his listenership and, yeah. and Funky Galileo did a whole other life, you know. For sure. Um, but it's great. It's, it's super heartening, yeah. It, it's 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 wild when you get that with I mean and the, the the different ways that you can get streams up these days are insane because like we, we had a we had artist Sam Tanes on the show last week and you know he one of his songs play with fire all of a sudden was used on on TikTok and it just went insane 
It went from like you yeah. know wow. ten million uh, ten million streams on Spotify to like a hundred and fifty million in in like two months. So like it's it's crazy how you can get some of those now. Like and and I told him like it's insane that you can do that without concerts, uh, radio, yep. like any of those things. All of a sudden, boom, there it is. So it's uh yeah, definitely. Definitely cool. So, do we know when the music's coming out? Can you give us any any? Yeah, I mean, honestly, next probably the next within the next month or two. Nice. Two months. Nice. Yeah, yeah two months. Two months. We played, uh, we, uh, we played. We recently, Chris and I, like, were recently played for you know our team. We, we played like <laughs> we had like. 20 songs to show but we played a, a handful of songs and yeah yeah we're really getting in that stage of like and this is kind of how we do it like we'll finish a bunch of stuff and then we start picking nice. like well and then we'll start mixing and then we start picking and then we'll master and then yeah we like to have a few things done and then choose which one feels the best yeah. yeah nice nice so all right you heard it listeners two month a two-month deadline there. We've got a two-month deadline. So, so yeah. if you don't if you don't hear anything from Sure Sure by uh, September eighth, give them a call on their line there on the landline and be like, "Hey, I'm looking for new music." Uh, don't do yeah, that. That'll be annoying. Three one zero three one zero five one zero six two five zero. Text us. Uh, uh, like that you're very upset if you don't have new music in two months. There you go. There you go. The, the, the promise from Kevin. Well, Chris, Kevin, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to talk with us today. It's been fantastic. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Listeners, you can check out all things Sure Sure at the website, SureSureMusic.com, or you can follow them on social media at SureSureMusic, or you can stream them on any streaming service, including that Spotify. Let's take a break and listen to Funky Galileo right here on the Doc G Show.
Here on the Doc G Show, you just heard Sure, Sure with their most recent single, Funky Galileo. Yes. yes. It's a good jam. I like that jam. It is funky. And those guys are fantastic, uh, Mike. They uh super nice guys, Chris and Kevin. Um, got to feel bad for them. They were here in Florida, ready to rock out in our state, and then they get sent back. One show. Have to go all the way back. Uh. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a downer to see that, and that's happened to a lot of people. Happened to folks in your in your area of entertainment as well, correct? Yeah, definitely. There were, uh, you know, there was um, this company that I work for, Laugh After Dark. Oh, I guess I you know, kind of work for them, but yeah, they were about to start filming their show for Amazon Prime right before mm. the pandemic. They had to cancel the show. They had to cancel the taping. And mm. all the comics that were on that show, they got canceled with it with the show. So it's mm. like, and they, that was going to be their first TV credit, some of these people. Mm. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, just so many guys just almost got a break. And then the pandemic hit, you know. Down. Um, my buddy Downer. was about to go on tour with the Impractical Jokers. Yeah. They had oh, to cancel man. their tour. And that man. was an arena tour. They were, he mm. was about to do several arenas and got canceled. Man, man, and like it's even tougher though. I feel like it's even tougher for for you guys, like because you know stand up's not the same when you're doing it on Instagram Live. You can't. Yeah, no. You can't. All right, here we go. Jokes for you guy. <laughs> like that doesn't work. Like I mean, so. you can do that. That's with the musicians. You can you know you can put out new music. You're still not gonna get the same mm -hmm. money for sure. But like you can. Yeah. You can still put your stuff out there, but uh, yeah, it's I mean, it, not the same. It's good that we're getting it back, though. That we're getting yeah, things sure. back. Um, so they mentioned, sure, sure. They mentioned night and market. Night and market. Are you a big? Which is a Thai restaurant. Hmm. Are you a? Uh, are you a Thai food person, Mike? I love Thai food. I okay. love Thai food. Pad Thai specifically is my okay. jam. Okay. I know it's a very regular dish. I know a lot of the people who like Thai food will be like, oh, Thai food, uh, Pad Thai is like, yeah, know, it's the, the most basic, yeah. but it's mm -hmm. the best. Oh, well, I think, I think I'm looking at the, yeah, they got, of course they got Pad Thai here. Now this is night mm -hmm. market menu. So uh, Pad Thai coming in at a pretty good price too, $13. Not bad. Uh, acceptable price there. Uh, let's see. That's they amazing. got <laughs> sweet radish. 
tofu or chicken, egg, crushed peanuts, and they say we keep it spicy with chili powder on top. Yeah. So there you go. No modifications. Nice. Nope. Our pad thai sauce is made with fish sauce and cannot be prepared vegan. Mm. That's what they say. So there you go. <laughs> hope, hope, hope you're okay with that. Uh, yeah, very okay with that. That's right. Ooh, garlic green beans. I could just go with the garlic green beans. Oh, yeah. That sounds, that sounds solid Definitely. right there. And then uh, we've got, uh, let's see. Now, the one that I was looking at from the very beginning here at the bottom, they've got the uh, catfish tamale. Which is, mm. and this this is what really, really reeled me in here. Catfish and pork fat. Say what? Baked in a banana leaf with chili and herbs. What? 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 You're putting pork That's... fat on that? Yes. I am in. I yes. am in. You get the skankiest fish out there, scat, catfish, <laughs> and then you put pork fat on it. I love it. I love it. And then right below that, they got the fried chicken sandwich, which... Isn't really, isn't really Thai, but I'm okay with it. But uh, it's a thing. It's a thing. The um, I don't know. Ch the chicken sandwiches, like it's, uh, well, it's they, a thing for some reason. It, it does say that they're in Thai style uh, fried skin. So yeah. there you go. And they've got papaya slaw on it. Papaya mm. slaw. I don't know about that. I don't know what that is. I don't know I'll, what it is. <laughs> I'll try it out. It doesn't doesn't matter. Totally this looks down. good. Next time I'm in LA, I am hitting night and market. That's going down. I'm I'm good with that. That is solid. Yeah, well, thanks, definitely. thanks to uh, Sure Sure for coming on the show, Kevin and uh, Kevin and Chris. There, fantastic guys. If you get a chance, folks, make sure you listen to their music. Check out Funky Galileo, all of their jams, and like they said, they will. They will get to touring soon. They yeah. will start touring soon. So uh, they just got to get some of that new music out. Okay, here we go. Third birthday a suit. Mike, are you ready? Let's do it. Okay, now this one, I'm hoping you get. If not, we're going to have to do some more uh, hot takes of history here on the show. <laughs> okay. This is, a, this is a bit historical here. Um, okay, so... Born on uh, July 14th, 1913 in Omaha, Nebraska. Our birthday suit wearer's parents separated just 16 days after his birth. His mom moved to Grand Rapids, Michigan and remarried two and a half years later. Our birthday suit wearer had a great time growing up in Michigan. He became the captain of the football team and ended up going to the University of Michigan and playing football there. He led them to two national titles in 1932 and 1933. Our birthday suit wearer turned down offers to play in the NFL so that he could go to law school. He graduated in 1941. After Pearl Harbor, he enlisted into the Naval Reserves. He served a tour of duty in the Pacific during World War II and was discharged in 1946. Birthday suit wearer ran for Congress, Michigan's 5th District, and won the seat in 1949. He kept the seat until 1973 when he became vice president hmm. after Spiro Agnew resigned. Less than a year later, when Richard Nixon resigned, our birthday suit wearer became president. Our um. birthday suit wearer ran for president in 1976 uh, but lost to Jimmy Carter. Our birthday suit wearer lived until 2006 when he was 93 years old. He died that year. I'll give you one other hint. 
his last name is a famous car company. Name that birthday suit wearer. Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford <laughs> is correct. Yes. Uh, the Did last I save you with the I last hint? That. Okay. There we go. There we go. I. You didn't have to tell the listeners that. That's fine. That's <laughs> it's, it's okay. But I wanted I'm proud to make of my sure. Florida public school knowledge uh, education. <laughs> But uh, sometimes not so much. Gerald Ford, the only man ever to serve as president not being elected as vice president or president. Wow. He got because he was chosen by Richard Nixon to be vice president after Spiro Agnew resigned. So he got the gig basically by being handpicked by Richard Nixon, who then nice. resigned, and then he became president. So... There you go. And he lived until 93. 93, man. 93. And that's very impressive after getting all, no doubt, some brain damage going in when you're playing football in 1932 and 33. Yeah. You're definitely playing with some leather helmets. Exactly. (laughs) Like, that's... That's some tough hits there, man. And then then, then being in World War II. Gotta give it up. Yeah, very true. Had a Very had true. a rough life for nine. Well, I mean, a good life. I mean, you know, you got a uh, uh, you're a, you're a football hero, you're a war hero, you're a congressman, you're a president. Not you know a pretty good amount of accomplishments. Yeah. His CV looks a little bit better than mine right now. Um, <laughs> it's almost Forrest Gump like. A little bit better. A little bit better. (laughs) Um, Anyways, happy birthday to Gerald Ford, our last birthday suit wearer for the show. Mike, that about does it. We we made it through your first show as co-host. It was nice. Was it nice? Yeah, this is great. I I had a great time. This is amazing. Thank you. Fantastic. Yes, it was a good time. We've got some great shows coming up. I can't wait. Next week, we've got uh, fantastic artist Matt Lorenz. Matt Lorenz, he's already back on the road. He's already doing shows. He's got shows all lined up this week, and uh, he's going to be on our show this coming week. So I'm extremely excited about Matt coming on the show. We've got some other great ones, but as listeners know, if I haven't actually got a commitment from the manager i don't say it on air because that will change so true i so i'm gonna hold off on the rest of the shows because we've got them we've got them tentatively set okay but they're not set in cement yet so until next week i have been your host listeners doc g with me is mike something something i haven't thought of his nickname yet sure <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> We're going to get one. We'll get one. We'll get one. It's not going to be something something. But uh, until next week, listeners, zip it up and zip it out.